What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell, and it's just me and Jack today. You made it sound so disappointing. Like I did? It's just us. Oh, I, I just, I hoped my voice inflection, uh, you know, said that it wasn't that uh, that it just your wording that you said just oh okay. like we're not enough all right it's fine you don't have to analyze every one of my vocabularies anyway today we are doing sports betting 101 um our, i we've been really into betting over the since sports have returned which is that's been about two weeks now since baseball kicked off uh, I think it was like July 23rd or something like that. Yep. So it's been about two weeks, yep. and we've we've bet a lot. Um, <laughs> by no means are we experts. Not even close. Speak for yourself. No. By no means are we experts. I think my uh, return on investment over the course of all my wagers is very high. You don't keep track. so uh, which It goes, is, though. It definitely is. It goes against one of our rules, one of my rules here, so – we have rules apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but I on I don't wanna I, I to show my credibility, I guess, whatever little cre- credibility I have. Um my profit has been six fifty eight dollars and ninety cents over over the two weeks. So that's what I've netted in that time. Honestly, a lot a large portion of that was due to an opt in uh yeah. value. Uh, which I can explain later on. But anyway, $58.90, not bad, I guess, for the two weeks. I just do it for the excitement, really. I don't really do it to make a to make money, per se. But I just think it's, you know, thrilling. So that's why I do it, I guess. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, to segue into, I guess, what we're talking about today, I was going to uh, give a brief history slash introduction i guess of sports history okay not history it's just one fact i mean (laughs) give us the one the one fact that sums up the entire history of sports betting go it was legalized in the united states in october 2017 (laughs) that's that's the beginning middle and end of the entire history well i mean obviously it's not that was just the fun fact of the day for sports betting what was the year you said i don't even remember 2017 17 okay so but i feel like that's when it kind of, you know, gained some traction, I feel like it was more popularized throughout that time. Don't you think? I think it was just more public. Like there's been an underground, right? So I feel like now betting a lot of, a lot services more, for years just illegally. More people talk about it. Yeah. Right. So, um, exactly. So, that was my fun fact about sports betting. That was pretty fun. Um, the two biggest platforms, I guess you can say, are FanDuel and DraftKings. They have their own sports book online. It makes it very easy, very convenient. Um, you have to be 21 or older. Jack is not quite there yet, but he does it illegally, technically. <laughs> nah, you do it. I do it, I just yes. give you all the advice. So technically, I am responsible for all your quote-unquote high returns uh, <laughs> for that. Uh, yeah, those are the two biggest platforms, I guess. Uh all of the people I know use those two. I don't really know anyone else that does. Um, I mean, obviously, you can go to a real sports book or a casino and, and place these wagers. Um, but in terms of online sports betting, that's kind of what I believe are the two most popular. Um, and I just wanted to, I guess, explain what 
if you're really you don't know anything about this at all and i just want to give a very elementary explanation of like what the odds mean and everything because that can be kind of confusing for someone that doesn't really know that's true yeah what that means right so i guess in short to summarize the odds uh if well, what's what's an example if, if something is plus 300 Obviously, the plus means that bet is the underdog. Right. Minus would mean that bet is the favorite. Correct. Um, whether you're betting on a team, uh, the spread, like the money line, or a player prop, which means like their their stats. Um, there's obviously a ton you could bet on. Uh, there are a lot of different possibilities, but the plus is the underdog. And back to my example, plus 300, that would mean you have to place if you place in a hundred dollar wager, you would win. 300 you'd get back 400 the right. original 100 that you place plus your winnings of 300 that's what that would mean and then if something was minus say minus 150 you would have to bet 150 dollars, and then as a result if that if that happens you would win a hundred dollars so then you'd be winning you'd be getting you'd back receiving 250 and profiting on dollars yes exactly profiting 100 dollars. that's kind of you know, an example of what that would mean for anyone who doesn't know that. So if we we're going to reference that a lot, probably throughout this episode. Yeah. So, um, exactly. That's and what just that another means. thing that, um, if we're going elementary lessons here, then, uh, most in general, most, uh, lines like that a sports book will put out, like if it's an over under total or if it's a spread, uh, the odds will be around minus one ten most of the time. Right. Yeah, that's kind of. I just thought that was like, though. Whenever it's something set by the sports book, the odds are around one ten minus one ten. Right. This makes it pretty even. Exactly. Um. All right. So we will eventually here on this episode get to specific sports and kind of our strategy when it comes to them uh, talking mainly about the NBA and the MLB. Those are uh, kind of what we stick to. I mean, there's just right now. Yeah. Right now. Um, I'm big into NFL betting too, but I guess we won't touch on that as much since the NFL is not really happening right now, obviously. Um, yeah. Right. And I'll, we will also explain why the NHL kind of is, you know, we stay away from that. Uh, but before we get into that, we will, I guess, give you some general tips um, and some of our, you know, guidelines for people that are either, you know, just new to this or looking to get into it. The first thing I have written down is to be content with your losses because you will definitely lose. No one is perfect. And except for me, uh, even professionals, you know, they, I forget what they aim for, but they aim for maybe like winning 55% of the time. And that will, get them their profits yeah so, i think i don't know the exact number percentage but if they i know if a if a professional hits like if you're hitting your bets even like 60 percent of the time like quit your job be a professional sports better don't actually but like that's a very very successful hit rate if you're hitting that high which doesn't even seem that high but it is exactly so you definitely have to be content with losing because you would definitely Definitely lose. Yeah, you're going to lose. The worst is when you have like maybe a, 
uh, sorry, uh, another definition for anyone who you may may not know what this means. The parlay, when we when we say that, we're referencing a bet which combines multiple games or outcomes. Yeah. Right. So you could maybe, for example, say you bet the Milwaukee Bucks to win, um, and then you did LeBron James to score over his set uh, point total, which the sports book sets the, you know over-unders for their points and their, you know, rebounds, assists for basketball, and then football would be yardage totals and whatnot. So they do all the stat over and under, and you can bet whether the player's going to go over that or under that. Um, so that's what that is. But anyway, so you say you did LeBron over his points, Bucks to win, and um, I don't know. Ben Simmons to get over his assist or something like that. Yeah. So you can combine all three of them, and then that'll increase, you know, the winnings. Obviously, it makes it less likely to happen because you need three things to happen in order for your bet to uh, cause you to win. But that would that would be what a parlay is. Right. And then if one of those one of those three things doesn't happen, then you lose. Right. But all three need to happen for you to win. Right. But anyway, back to what I was saying. It's the worst when you have like a a four four leg parlay and then the first thing doesn't happen right and then the rest are like oh that's the worst and then i don't know i find myself sometimes being tempted to be like i was so confident in those other three things that i kind of want to you know just do it that but sometimes you just got to say you got to walk away and say hey yeah it wasn't my day today so i said to yesterday or a few days ago i think right so you know it's a definitely a fine line and you gotta you gotta know when to walk away that's that's sometimes the hardest thing to do yeah uh the next thing is if you do bet frequently like we do especially like we have been in the past you know few weeks here you got to keep it small on on daily you don't want to like you know break the bank every single day because that's that's gonna be a little rough if you're on a cold streak (laughs) sure yeah right so uh i mean if, if you do it less frequently obviously you can you can increase it but you definitely want to be within your financial means. You don't want to right. bet too much. And then, you know, it should definitely be a recreational activity. Nothing that's going to inhibit your, <laughs> like, you don't want to get in trouble or anything. So. I hope TJ's listening to this. Um, uh, yeah. I what Just from what uh, I've bet every single night, almost, I think since sports returned, um, which was about two weeks, but I've, only made a $5 deposit uh, opening night of baseball and I haven't made any more deposits. So like, I think it's okay. If some people may hear, like I bet every single night and like think that's like a problem, but it's not a problem if like, it would be a problem if I were depositing $5 every night, but I just like, I, from my original $5 deposit, I've profited off that and I built more money and then that just gave me more money to use. Like, that's just how I like to do it. But if you're like really want to make money, like you're going to have to risk more. But right. Yeah. It, yeah. If you're looking to like, you know, actually make a, a large profit, you're probably this, this episode is not going to be too helpful for you. <laughs> We're just kind of giving you the basic outlines and you know, our perspective of it. Um, exactly. The next thing I want to say, probably the most important is to definitely have a budget and keep track of what is going on. Um, I have a, a, a note 
on my notes app on my phone that keeps track of what my profit is since this has started. Um, and it definitely helps me keep track of where I am and doesn't, you know, I don't get too out of control. Also, you know, I think it's helpful to, if you're doing this, obviously recreationally to have a set amount, you know, I'm only, I'm comfortable with losing X amount in this amount of time because then, and then if you stick to that, then it won't, then you'll be fine. And it won't, you know, you just got to be careful because, you know, some people, you know, it can be very addicting. There's a reason why. The reason why it was illegal for a while. Right. <laughs> Forever almost. Exactly. So you, I think you got to have a budget and I think it's very, very, very important to keep track of what's going on. You know, if you get up on a day or you're losing, you know, for a couple of days in a row, I think it's essential really to keep track of it. Um. And one other thing I have written down is if you do win big, which big is relative to the person, you know, right. some yeah. people, 50 bucks could be big or a hundred dollars could be big or some people a thousand dollars could be big. It really all depends on, you know, how you like to do this thing here. But I think it's important to withdraw. So, you know, how this works for anyone also who doesn't know is, is for the online sports books, you deposit money from your, you can deposit from wherever, but from your checking account most likely. And then it's on the app and it sits there, right? Um, and it's kind of like a weird phenomenon. It's kind of got like this, it's like in a vacuum, like that money kind of almost doesn't exist in a way. It's kind of like a weird feeling. I mean, it obviously exists. It's real money. You can withdraw it at any time, but it's just kind of like, I don't know, you get the illusion of, oh, I'm playing with profit money. and like Right, but it's right. still your money. It's still your money, yeah. exactly. So if you hit big, like I said before, I think it's definitely smart to withdraw the majority of that. You know, you definitely can keep a percentage of that on the app and still use that to play, you know, and bet, you know, in the following days and weeks. But once it's out of the app, um, you know, it's, I don't know. Obviously, it's real all the time, but it feels more real. Right. Yeah. So I think it's definitely smart to withdraw as the majority of that. I would do it, in my opinion. Uh, do you have anything else you wanted to add here? I guess. In yeah. Terms of general tips. Just a few more. Um, I wrote down don't bet blindly. Um, I just threw away two dollars and fifty cents about uh, half an hour ago. <laughs> right. Um, for. A reason why we, for example, me and Mitchell don't bet on the NHL is because one, well, the nature of the sport is just very unpredictable. That's probably the main reason. Second reason is that we don't really know much about the NHL. So I'm not going to like bet on the NHL nightly and try to like predict outcomes um, because I don't know much about the sport. Uh, I think if you don't know much about the sport, like, I, I don't try to like do it on your own. If you do want to try to in, bet on a new sport, a sport you don't know much about, there's a lot of resources out there to do research. There's professionals that give their free advice. Definitely look into. Um, yeah. But even if you don't want to do that, just ask at the very minimum, ask a friend or someone Who that knows you, about the sport That knows about the right. sport. Exactly. Um, it's definitely, very important to do your research yeah like you just said definitely don't do it blindly and it's just more fun like if you're more invested in the sport and it's a sport that you enjoy you're going to enjoy it more 
like if you don't care that much about a particular sport and you're like eh, you're kind of indifferent about it right you're not gonna have as much fun like watching the games and um you know seeing what happens well so. the only reason like if i were to bet on a sport like if i were to bet on soccer like if i let's say the world cup was happening or i was going to like an mls a union game and like i don't know much about mls or soccer professional soccer like i may put money on that if i'm going to a game want to have more rooting interest but i'm talking about like nightly betting on a sport you don't know about is not like you're not going to make money off of it i don't know even if it is just a one-time thing it'd be smart just to right know, that's text it. one yeah. of your friends like hey do you think this is a good idea that too yeah um exactly and then i think one more thing i had oh i wrote down how um if you're trying to make money then parlays aren't for you i think parlays are very popular and a lot of people love to do parlays i love to do parlays i think like almost every week of not almost every week maybe like half the weeks i don't know of the nfl season i was doing like five leg parlays and they're fun i love parlays but if you're like legitimately trying to make a profit parlays aren't sustainable because i mean for one as we mentioned before and just the nature of parlays that they're combining more outcomes and making the odds less likely they're just less likely to happen and they do happen you hit big which you get a lot of money but it's just if you actually did like this, the statistical analysis of the expected outcomes, it it's, it would not be smart smart to consistently bet parlays if you're actually trying to make money. If you really want to profit, like you have to, you you should most likely risk a lot of money, or risk a higher amount of money than you would on like one thing that you're more confident in or something that's more likely to happen. Like let's say there's a 50-50 chance of something happening. That's all really I had to say. No, that's definitely right. Parlays are definitely very exciting. Yeah. You know, you, you're you're following a bunch of things at right. once. Yeah. Um, but if you think that you're gonna like, if you're like a parlay wizard and you're gonna like, if you think you're a parlay wizard, you're probably not, <laughs> and you're you're not you're not gonna be able to consistently make money off it. Like that might happen. Like you may hit like one big parlay and you may think like, oh, I'm I'm a G- I can do this all I can do this all the time and like pick winners, but you're just gonna keep losing small amounts of money probably it'd be not that smart to invest highly in a parlay but if you really want to make money i think it'd just be smart just to hammer one or maybe two things in a parlay but like yeah honestly anything over seven or more legs in a parlay is pretty much like a lottery ticket a little bit (laughs) it depends what it is like if it's all heavy heavy favorites then it's more likely but if it's something that's 110 minus 110 or you know, plus 150, a bunch of those types of things, then it's like gonna, you're like pretty much, you're like buying a lottery ticket at that point. Yeah. Like a lot of, uh, you know, so I've seen parlays, obviously 10 leg parlays, and the odds are like you put $1 down, you'll get like a thousand dollars. There's a reason that's the payout structure. <laughs> exactly. It's you're just not gonna get it. Most likely not gonna happen. The sports book always wins, always profits. Exactly. The house always profits. Is that the saying? The house always wins. Yeah, house always wins. I messed that up. But yeah. Um, exactly. All right. So I guess we'll get into some specifics here with some sports, mainly the NBA and MLB, as I said before. Uh, we'll start with the NBA. Obviously, we love one thing in particular, but you want to, you, I guess you want to you say it? Uh, yeah, a bet that we've 
been wagering quite often the past week is the over on the rebound line of the opposing. All right, we got we got to backtrack here. Whoever the Rockets are facing, the Houston Rockets are facing. Uh, look at the their best big man of their opponent and place money on the over of that rebound total. Right. Yeah. So you look at last game, this was on Tuesday. We're recording this. Um, Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. This is Tuesday, right? Yeah. Tuesday. The yeah. Rockets played the trailblazers. They got out rebounded 64 to 39. If you don't know, the Houston Rockets have pretty much committed to the small ball lineup. Their tallest player is six foot seven, besides Tyson Chandler, but he barely plays hardly at all. Yeah. Um, so their tallest player is six seven. And you look at the opposing big man. Like I said on Tuesday's matchup, the Trailblazers had sixty four rebounds. The Rockets have thirty nine. And more specifically, uh, Portland center uh, Nurkic had nineteen rebounds. Yeah. And I don't know what his over/under for rebounds was. Probably at eleven and a half or twelve and a half. That's what it, I've typically right monitoring and it. That's what it typically the is. sports books most likely know this, and they do increase it probably by a little bit. But still, nineteen rebounds. There's there's no way he didn't hit the over for that. Right. Just to kind of echo that, uh, I'm gonna plug my article that I just put a, or put up uh, that got posted by the Lakers fan sided site Lake Show Life. Check it out if you haven't yet. Um, the past three games that the Rockets have played in just since the restart, they've, our opponents had, Rockets opponents have grabbed over 61 rebounds a game. And just to give a reference, the Lakers, uh, allow their opponents to get 43 rebounds a game. So I, I don't know if the Lakers are an average, but like, let's just say they are, that's, they're giving up 20, re, 20 plus rebounds more than what most teams do. Exactly. Crazy. Just to piggyback off of that, I the two other examples, they played the Bucks on Sunday night, and I know for a fact Giannis's rebound total was 15 and a half, so very high. Giannis had 18 rebounds. <laughs> he got it. Opening night on Friday for them, they played the Mavericks. It was a crazy overtime game. The Rockets ended up winning. Uh, the Mavs out-rebounded them 55 to 43, and uh, Porzingis had 16 rebounds, and Luka had 13 rebounds. Yeah. They probably – definitely both hit over on the rebound totals this is no this is by no means saying that we think the rockets are bad we actually are quite high on the rockets yeah um, we think they can do some damage in the playoffs and challenge the la teams but, but matchup wise this is this is a smart bet in our opinion and it's worked definitely. out the past three times and we see continuing right um this episode will probably not be released by the time of uh thursday's games it may Maybe potentially, but maybe so listening. If you're an early listener. Um, listen right when it comes out. Maybe want to do Anthony Davis over rebounds. I don't really know what well, his rebounds was twelve and a half. Twelve saw. and a half on Fanduel, yeah. That might be smart, especially. And I'll say this in a second. I have no statistical evidence to back this up, but for some reason, I just feel like stars when they have bad performances, maybe even hungrier. Right, and he did um, not play well this night against the Thunder. Yeah, he had. Eight points and nine rebounds, right. I think. So, Davis coming off a bad performance uh, could dominate against the Rockets because they don't really have an answer to guard him. You know, he's a top five offensive player in the league. So, yeah. 
that may be a smart investment. I might be doing that and looking into that as well. Uh, just another thing I have on the MBA and I'd have to exactly do some more research here exactly, but I find that the fringe playoff teams in the West are playing hungry. They're playing very well and they're covering the spreads. Uh, yeah. Who did we saw? We saw the Suns flat out beat the Clippers. Yeah. Last night. Trailblazers outright beat the uh, Rockets last yeah. night. The Rockets come off a win against the best team in the league, in Milwaukee, and then they turn around a night or two later and they lose to the Trailblazers. So these teams and the Spurs. The Spurs, I don't think, have lost the game in a bubble. If I'm not mistaken, I'll, I'll double check that. But the teams in the West, you know, there's a lot that are vying for that 8-9 play-in tournament. I mean, I'm just going to run it down real quick. The Grizzlies are sitting at the eight seat still. Uh, Trailblazers are a game behind them. Spurs are two games behind the Grizzlies. Pelicans are tied with the Spurs. Suns are a half game removed from the Spurs and the Pelicans. And even the Kings, they have been playing well, but they are not out of it by any means. They're only two games out from the Trailblazers, who are at the nine seed. So it's very tight. These teams really want to get in the playoffs, and they're, they're playing hard every single night. Um, the Suns, the Suns were the team that have not lost in the bubble. They're three and zero. I think they're the only undefeated team, I believe. And them and the Pacers, really, and okay. the Raptors. All right. Pacers are surprising. T.J. Warren is going off. He's he averaging uh, thirty-nine point seven points in the bubble. <laughs> I calculated that yesterday. Wow. They put yeah. Wow. Yeah. Pacers are surprising. Raptors also surprising team too. They're playing well. You know well. what? In terms of the Pacers. Quick word on them. It's not really surprising to me. They all, every time they, every time someone counts them out, they're not going to do That's any true. damage in the playoffs. Yeah, you're right. But I said this, I said that on the episode with Sibby, I think. They play hard every single night. And yeah. I'm not really surprised, even despite the injuries that they're playing. Right. I counted them out because Oladipo originally wasn't going to play, but then decided to opt in. And I was kind of unsure how he'd be if he's on minute restriction or if he, I don't know, not be the same. Uh, Sabonis is not playing. Uh, another reason why I kind of didn't think much of them, but they've been playing well. <laughs> exactly. While we're, I mean, we kind of moved off, but going back to the Western Conference eight seed, I've been very impressed by the Trailblazers, um, especially after watching them last night against the Rockets. And what you, I think you said it to me, like kind of confused why they're not that good. I think the reason is because they've battled a lot of injuries throughout the year. Uh, they played with a lot of lineups, and I think this whole time off is giving them time to be healthy, and they're really not an eight seed. Like, in years past, last year they were the they were in the Western Conference Finals, right? They were the three seed. Yeah. Like, not much. Their roster hasn't really changed much since last year. They're and just – Melo's playing well. Yeah. And I, as much as I don't like to admit because of his time with the Thunder, I still have a vendetta against Carmelo, but he's definitely playing well and fits in well in with the Trailblazers. Um, so I wanted to say if that if the Blazers get the eight seed and if you're able to bet them to win the series against the Lakers – those odds are definitely going to be – I mean, it's a one versus eight season. So the odds are, have to be a pretty significant, sizable underdog. But Not just the one versus eight. It's a Lakers team that's 
a clear one. They clinched it, I think, two, one or two games ago and led by LeBron James. Right. So that, yeah. The but, odds are going to be in your favor if you bet for Portland. Yeah, the odds are going to definitely be – like, Blazers are going to be a huge underdog, obviously. But I think it could pay off more than most – I mean, one – It's worth a shot. Yeah, the one seed over the eight seed is a lock that the one seed is going to win. But I really think it's different, obviously. Um, I mean, I think the Lakers would win. I bet if – like, I predict the Lakers to win. But, I mean, this Lakers team, they bat a lot of injuries and they haven't looked great at times. But – um, that's why I think the Blazers will be an interesting bet if you can bet them to win that series. I think I saw this morning that I they're like plus eight thousand to win the NBA Finals. That's a I, I don't think they're gonna win the finals. I wouldn't be comfortable placing that bet, but I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, they're de- they definitely stand out uh, amidst the Suns and the Spurs and the Grizzlies yeah. and the Pelicans. So. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. We'll, we will see the playoffs are kicking off in, I believe, 10 or 11 days. So it's right around the corner. I got one more bet I like. For basketball bet. For what, tomorrow? No, just in general, I guess. Okay. Um, I, we were talking about earlier in our group chat. I think that I would be comfortable betting the against the Sixers to cover, uh, betting in their opponents to cover because they're just – They've allowed their opponents to cover in their three games so far in the bubble, and it's a trend that I, similar to the, uh, what we said, but the Rockets rebound situation thing, it's a trend that I don't, I I, I can see continuing. Um, I mean, we all know the Sixers, they got a lot of talent, but uh, they, I think Brett Brown is kind of hindering them, and they're just, they keep letting these teams play them close when they shouldn't. I mean, they, the they played the Wizards them. and they let the Wizards cover. The Wizards stink. Right. The the Wizards are – I've watched a, lot, a, a good portion of the second half. The Wizards are just so bad. I've never really – who watches the Wizards? I don't watch the Wizards that much. They're just – without Bradley Beal and obviously John Wall, they're just so bad. But, I mean, the Sixers are – I think they're going to, like, win a decent amount, but they let bad teams get close. And that is – uh something to take note of the better yeah. yeah it was the we were watching the game two nights ago the maybe Spurs. against the spurs yeah. i really thought the spurs were gonna win the sixers just let them hang around they had a eight to 12 point lead for the majority of the game fourth quarter came around and you know they they were right there it was yeah. like tied right at the end and then shake milton hit a game winner but barely uh got by and the Spurs covered because they were definitely underdogs in that game. Uh, anything else in the NBA? We can move on to the MLB. Yeah, we'll go MLB. So we, uh, we're we kind of obsessed with this one. Um, but in terms of baseball, we love to bet on a scoreless first inning. I know that may sound a little odd. Never fails. It fails sometimes. It does fail. It's... <laughs> It's better than you think, and it, I know it's kind of unconventional, but I think it yields results. Just think about it, everyone, all right? Just everyone close your eyes and paint a picture in your head. I'm closing my eyes. All right. I love baseball. <laughs> but I know it's not an exciting game. When you're watching a baseball – close your eyes. Oh, when, you, <laughs> when you watch a baseball game from start to finish, 
there's just never like there's not much action. There really isn't. Like just picture all the times that you turn on a baseball game and something happened right when you turned it on the beginning of the game. It never has. It doesn't happen. It, is, it doesn't happen in the first inning. I'm telling you. Um, so that's why we always bet on scores for the inning. <laughs> but can I open my eyes now? Yeah, you know, guys. Uh, it's we prefer to bet on a scoreless first inning, and we typically only bet on a scoreless first inning when the pitching matchups, starting pitching matchups, are strong, because a strong starting pitcher is going to bring their best stuff, and obviously they're going to be the most fresh and you know on point in the first inning. So, um, yeah, and the odds are. You think you think that they were? You think it'd be low? The odds would be less in your favor, right? But they're not. They're they they usually hover around. I'd say like minus one ten. I think I'd say minus one thirty is the highest I've ever seen. And then the I mean, it could if it's a bad pitching matchup, it could honestly be like plus, plus one fifty. Yeah. But it's right around that mark, so it's really not. I'd say an average is like minus one hundred, minus one ten, like around there. Right. Yeah. It's really more in your favor than you'd think. Yeah. And I, w- before I really dove into it, I thought it would be like minus 200 or something like that, minus 250. But I think it's a decent value, especially, excuse me, as Jack just said, when the pitching matchup is strong. Um, I did do – I mean, I know I said before jokingly that it, nothing ever happens in the first inning, but I went back and looked at every single game in March and April 2019, which was like – 460 games and I calculated that a run was scored in the first inning like I think 55 56 percent of the time other way around it was scoreless 55. sorry yeah it was scoreless 55 56 percent of the time um so that's pretty good <laughs> no I, I you know I've uh, been not monitoring monitoring it as well and I think it's definitely a good investment um you know, I I'd usually, I don't know, I probably do somewhere between two and four. Uh, if you can do any more than that, it probably a parlay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you do any more than more than four, then it's probably not going to happen. Um, but two or three is right in that sweet spot. Um, I think that it's definitely. Yeah. You know, it's definitely good. We, we did a, We did a five. I'm just going to say that we did yeah. a five leg parlay of scores first inning, so it happens. It came down to the last game. It was a Mets-Braves game. And uh, it was the Mets that led it. Yeah, so five legs, so it was ten teams. All the first nine in chronological order that day went scoreless. And then it came down to the last one. And, like, bases were loaded, two outs, and then they let it up. And we lost. But and we would have hit big. It was a double play, right? And it, it, if, they hit, if, they made, if the double play was successfully converted – we would have then gotten it. We yeah. would have gotten it. And the runner just beat out. I don't know if he just beat it out, but he beat out the run, yeah. the, the throw at first. Yeah. So, yeah. But you're definitely going to have some bad bad beats like that if you if you bet enough. Yep. Um, but it, it does work, and we love it. That's our favorite MLB <laughs> bet. Uh, I ha- only other note I have is really dive into the pitching matchups because I think that's key. Not even just for scoreless first inning, but just over-unders as well. I know it's the the sports book's job to research that and set the lines accordingly so that it's um it reflects 
who's pitching and whatnot. But, and it really helps if you dive into the pitching matchup because that changes everything for the game. Yeah, I agree. And just, I guess the last thing on baseball, uh, I think I know baseball a decent amount. Um, But even though I have a somewhat like good knowledge of baseball, I don't think I would not recommend betting on outcomes nightly. I think it's almost up there with the NHL being as being unpredictable. Um, so I wouldn't be betting like winning and winners and losers nightly. I don't think that's a sustainable way. Like if you want to profit, um, I think betting over unders on total on like the run, the, the run line that they set, I think that's a more like a better way to go about it. If you want to make money off of it. Um, and to how to go about that, just as Mitchell said, just go off the pitching. If it's a favorable pitching matchup, go under, I know it's, not always going to be consistent. Like you got to, I don't know, whatever you're comfortable with, but yeah, that's really all I'd have to say. I would not recommend betting on, uh, I don't like the bets that are like, like Anthony Rizzo to hit a home run or something like that. Like this, yes or no. I don't, I think this is what I said before, trying to pick like winners and losers. I think like stuff like that, just too unpredictable. And I would never really be comfortable with like, Predicting if a guy's going to get a home run. Like, I don't know. I would maybe do, like, hits, like, over-under hits. If they're going to get a hit? Yeah, like, half of a hit over-under or 1.5 hits. I don't know. That's not – but home run is so – how do you predict when the guy's going to hit a home run? How do you really predict any of this, to be honest? But hits seem a little bit more – For hits, I think – yeah, that's more predictable. I I would say doing hits uh, right now in the beginning of this – any it's beating any season in this season particularly particularly i would not be comfortable betting like this guy's gonna get hit tonight but if it's like a normal season and we get into like the dog days is like in july like if a if a guy has been proven to be a good hitter that season and like i'd be comfortable like in saying that they're gonna get hit on a given night like when they've proven it over like a certain amount of time, like we're fresh in the season, like things change year to year so much. It'd be a little fluky, yeah. Right, like Christian Yelich, the, he started off the season like one for twenty-seven. Yep, one of- obviously not Christian Yelich, and like I'd be comfortable if it was like deep in the season, we was getting into a groove, like in like most like Julys or Augusts, I'd be comfortable betting on him to get a hit on a certain night. But yeah, not when it's fresh out of season and like things are new and that, no one's found a groove, stuff like that. Exactly. All right, so we'll just close out the show here. Brief word of the NHL. As we've said a couple times throughout the episode, very tough. Uh, tough in particular because we're not too knowledgeable about it, but just in general, very, very tough. Even tonight in our group chat with uh, the hockey boys of the hog line, uh, Temp and Frankie, Jack's, Jack said, how do you guys feel about the Penguins tonight? Frankie responds, it's a lock. What do they do? They lost 4-3. Yeah. So th- those guys know so much about <laughs> hockey. And if they can't right. do it, how do they, we expect we re- us to we do iterate, it? We reiterate it so many times, I feel like, that on that episode. Like, we don't know. <laughs> exactly. It's just, I don't know. It's just so – hockey's such a weird, like, odd sport. It's just a game of, like, momentum yeah. and trends. I don't – I can't describe it. Just it bounces just, love some weird way. Right. And- like, it's un- so much, like, unlike any other sport. Like, tonight, the Pens – were the fifth five seeded penguins lost to 
the 12 seeded Canadians. And if that was in the NBA, like how comfortable would you be on betting on like the five seed in the West against the 12 seed in the, in the West or just East East is a better example. Like who's fifth in the East. That's like the Pacers or the Sixers, probably the Sixers against like the Hornets. Well, not the Sixers. Sixers is a bad example. Let's say the Heat. <laughs> the Heat play the Knicks in a playoff series. Yeah, that's it's like it's similar to that. Like the Heat betting on like the Heat over the Knicks. Like in theory, it's like the same talent gap. Like the weirdest part is that the the Blues were in last place in the NHL of January of last season when they won, won, and then they ended up winning. Obviously, so it's crazy. Obviously, it's not that's never going to happen any other sport. Right. Don't take my word for this, obviously, because we just preface what I'm about to say with how we are not experts in the slightest in the NHL. Uh, but the safest bet I could think of is maybe parlaying a couple of stars to score a point. Yeah. Because, you know, I, McDavid had uh, – well, I, a couple nights ago he had the hat trick. That was pretty amazing. I watched uh, a decent amount of that game. But, you know, the Stars typically average, like, a point per – if you're averaging a point per game, you're good. Over a point per game. Yeah, right? like, the supervisors that you're alluding to average over a point per game. That's, like, a common term, I feel like, in hockey. I know Frankie referenced it, like, in, I think, that episode, like, calling a guy, like, a point per game kind of guy. So, like, players can average a point per game. I feel like I, – I feel like it's – points are less likely than how they're just described in, like, point per game but players do score point good players score score a point per game so yeah what you're saying i'd agree it's still not foolproof obviously um but and i don't even know what the odds would would be for that i don't know on any given night like what Connor mcdavid's line is to score a point that's probably like minus 300 like it's probably not that maybe high. i don't know i um, mean it's probably i'm excuse me it's not probably not much in your favor yeah. Um, but if you get maybe three or four of those guys, and I don't know. That's the same thing I can really think of off the top of my head. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, I usually stay away from it. Um, maybe if I throw one in there just to – I mean, you can also flip that and say, like, oh, it's also so unpredictable, so you might as well just throw an underdog in there if you want to increase the payout of a parlay. But that's, again, if you're just trying to throw darts and maybe hit on something big instead of consistently trying to make money. Right. Um, so, yeah, you never really know. Um, all right. So, I, I guess that'll be it. We'll definitely, you know, as football season approaches, finger crossed, um, we will, you know, get into more of that. Yeah. I Football is may just be, be may just be because I think I, I know the most about football than, than other sports. Uh, or it may just be the nature of the sport that I feel like it's the most predictable sport to bet on i've had the most success betting on football easily um than any than the other sports particularly nfl college too is similar but uh nfl um i just think it's more predictable uh like spreads per teams or even like player props i think are good investments so yeah i would definitely love to get into that when football season starts but um football season hopefully will happen right i don't bet too i maybe i will more now but 
I usually stay – I don't really don't bet much football. I just invest a lot of my time in fantasy, obviously. So that consumes me enough that I don't really need to – I don't feel the need to bet football. Maybe I'll do it occasionally, but – um, you suck at fantasy. You need you need a new football hobby. So that's where I that's, that's where my <laughs> fandom comes into play. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that is our sports betting 101. Uh, hopefully you learned something, and hopefully something we said helps you guys out in some way. And you know you can use whatever we said to hopefully um, get rich. Get rich. Get fat stacks. Quit your day job. Yes. And uh, become a professional sports better. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah all right so that'll be it from us today be sure to follow the show on instagram at uh, at hogline podcast follow me at mitchell manis follow jack at underscore jack manis underscore and read jack's article on that's the right Big show life red lakers fan sided website link in bio link in my personal bio link is also in our hogline bio. actually no the episode will be in our bio, that bio so link in my personal bio as Mitchell said, underscore jack.mess underscore. Yeah, he recently wrote his second article, and it was about the Lakers and Rockets matchup tomorrow night. And just in general, how they match up against each other. Yeah, if they somehow met in the playoffs and yeah. whatnot. So definitely check that out. 